If you're happy and you know it, how do you know it? <laughs> how do you know that you're happy? How do you know that you're fulfilled? How do you know that you are rewarded? How do you know that you feel satisfied? Versus the opposite, how do you know when you're depressed? How do you know when you're anxious, when you are feeling overwhelmed, when you're struggling, when you're stressed? And all of those are feelings, yeah? Is it possible, though, that we're aiming to be happy and feel satisfied and rewarded and we don't want to feel depressed and anxious and miserable and grumpy and stressed and overwhelmed and struggling? And like me, I'm sure you work with, deal with, have to handle, whether personally or professionally, lots of people in the world right now who are not happy, say they are depressed and don't know what to do about it. Now, this is a very controversial topic and I'm very careful when I talk about mental health, of course. Uh, but I have some very important questions and I think we all have the right to ask those questions, which is, if I'm not happy, what is the solution? What do I need to do to change my brain? Now, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist and I don't want to be. Uh, and there's probably a big reason for that because I've dealt with, worked with, uh, been involved with lots of psychiatrists and lots of psychologists and people that have gone to psychologists and psychiatrists, thousands of them. And it seems that uh, there's, a, uh, there's two parts to it. Not really sure what you've got, but we think that your diagnosis is this, and then here's the drug for that. And I always ask very personally and professionally, when somebody gives you any drug of any kind, whether it's for a headache or a sore foot, or for depression, or for cancer, or for coronary heart disease, there's medication for everything. If you go to a medical professional, it's very likely that you'll walk away with a drug or a combination of drugs. Do we look at the side effects? Should we know what that drug could do to us? And I, the reason I ask, of course, is that every drug has a side effect. Every drug. There's not one drug that doesn't have a warning that this could happen. And I always have a, uh, a really careful listen, particularly when I go to America. I'm not sure if there's any other country that does this. Uh, pharmaceutical drugs are advertised on television. Uh, then if it's a 15-second ad, for example, and they never are, it might say, this is a drug, this is what it does, and isn't that awesome? But they can't do it in 15 seconds because this is the drug, this is what it does, but then comes a list of side effects, and sometimes that can be up to a minute long, if not more. So the first question I'm asking is, please, whatever drug you have decided to take or your medical professional suggests that you take, could it be a good idea to just check the side effects? And it'll be on the packet, it'll be in the box, or the, if your doctor's uh, on the ball, they'll give you a, a sheet of paper, if not multiple sheets of paper, about what that drug could do to you physically, mentally, emotionally. So that's the drug solution. What if you didn't have to take a drug solution? And the reason I ask that is because of the challenge with the side effects. Now, because I don't, I don't want to understand psychology and psychiatry so much, but I do really want to understand the brain. And the reason I share the psychology and psychiatry is I don't like guessing. I find it really, and that's not being disrespectful, but I've been to too many psychologists and psychiatrists now with my, with my clients, with the people that I really care about. And it's been, if you ask the question, do you really think that this person's got this particular disease or this particular mental health challenge? If you push a little harder, it usually comes down to, we think so. We're not sure, I don't like to use the word guessing, but that's what it sounds like. And when you're dealing with the human brain, I think that's, I'd like to get a second opinion, how about you? Maybe a third and fourth opinion. 
Because when you start taking mind-altering drugs to fix a particular challenge that you're not sure what the challenge actually is, I'd like to know that there's other options and at least be those other op options to be shared with me. So if I go back to my original question, are you happy? If not, how do I get happy? What if we have a look at the physiology of the brain, not the psychiatry of the brain? Because I, I don't know what goes on inside the brain from a what psychologists and psychiatrists are taught. But I'm an exercise physiologist. Uh, sorry, an exercise professional. I deal with and live with the best exercise physiologists that I've ever met because we're always asking questions and, and pushing the boundaries on why would we do that and how does it work. And I have some very close connections with neuroscientists, so people who study how the brain works, not the diseases of the brain, not the emotional challenges we have with mental health, but actually how does the brain work? What's going on inside the brain? And that's where I get really excited because we've got physiology on our side. If you want to be a happy person, if you want to get rid of depression, anxiety, uh, feeling overwhelmed, feeling stressed, all the horrible mental health challenges that we have in the world, could it be a good idea to have a look at both? Yes, there's drug interventions. Yes, there's suggestions from uh, allied health professionals and alternative medical people or alternative allied health professionals. And then there's the neurotransmission of the brain, the neurochemistry of the brain, what happens inside the brain. And it's interesting because doesn't matter who you talk to, and I talk to a lot of medical professionals and psychologists and psychiatrists, when I ask these questions, there's never a dispute about what I'm about to ask. If I say to you, does the body and the brain have a fight and flight system? The answer is always yes. Does the body have a phosphate system, an, aer an, an, an aerobic system, a lactate system, an aerobic, and then an aerobic system? Of course, the answer is always yes, because that's physiology. There's no guessing involved there. And then if I ask the questions about, okay, so if I'm not feeling happy, if I'm not feeling 100% um, rewarded or satisfied, what could be going on inside the brain? And that's where there's sometimes a guess. Well, it could be that you have serotonin levels that aren't uh, the way they should be, or you're not getting enough dopamine, or you're getting too much dopamine, or your brain chemistry is out of whack. That's something we don't really know. We're just guessing and we hope that that particular intervention will fix that imbalance in the brain. By the way, that has the opinions and, and uh, ideas and, and arguments about what's going on in the brain. Uh, a lot of that's changed and only just recently where what, what psychiatrists did believe about mind-altering drugs, they're, they're looking at different, different things that could have happened with those mind-altering drugs. And I share that very carefully because I don't know anything about that. What I do ask questions about constantly is what we do know about. And here's what we do know about. When your body's under stress, so if your body thinks it's going to die, this is called the endocrine system and the central nervous system. And there's no dispute about this. If your body thinks it's going to die, it doesn't want to die. And the reason for that is the human body's designed to go away from the threat, get away from the threat so it can survive, so it can uh, reproduce. That's what the human race is here for, as are all animals. But we've got this amazing chemistry inside of our brain that wants us to stay alive. So if you're under threat, if somebody's trying to kill you or your family, uh, your body will produce all the neurochemistry, the brain chemistry that your body needs to either fight the threat or grab your family and get the hell out of there. Now, the reason I use that example is if you're on your own, it's pretty easy to flight. 
you can sprint and get the hell out of there. If you've got a family and people that you care about, it's a little bit harder to flight because you've got to pick up people and sprint with them. So often in a family situation, you'd have to fight because you can't sprint with everybody and maybe somebody in your family is too old to sprint or too young to sprint or you can't pick up everybody and carry them. And this is a really important, it's not an analogy, this is actually how the human body works. So when you feel under threat, your body automatically, you don't have control over it, produces the neurotransmitters to help you fight or flight. No one argues that. So your body uh, creates chemistry that increases your blood pressure, your resting heart rate, your blood fat levels and your blood sugar levels and shuts everything else down so that everything that you don't need, everything that you don't need inside your body gets shut down so that you can get away from the threat or you can fight the threat. So your emotions get shut down, your thirst your thirsty uh, hormones get shut down, your hungry hormones get shut down, your sex hormones get shut down, your immune system gets shut down. Everything gets shut down so that every part of you can fight or flight to survive. Now, I think we've all heard that probably in year nine, year 10 biology. We've all heard the fight and flight. We hear it and go, oh yeah, I understand fight and flight. But what's the connection between fight and flight and happy? And this is what I get really excited about. And one of the things that I get accused of on a regular basis, right? Well, you can't be happy all the time. Well, what if we were in control of our hormones? We were in control of our central nervous system and we could produce our own threat, our own life-threatening experience. So we trick our body into thinking that it's going to die, that somebody's trying to kill it, that something bad's going to happen to us so that we produce those neurochemicals that allow us to fight and flight. If you are under threat, your body will automatically produce epinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol to increase your blood sugar levels, your blood fat levels, your heart rate and your blood pressure so that your body's got the ability to run away or to fight. And I think that's really awesome because after you have overcome the threat, so the first one is if you're dead, if the threat got you, you're actually now at peace because you don't know and now you're dead. But if you got away from the animal, away from the threat, away from the horrible thing that was trying to kill you, your body says, congratulations, you bloody awesome human being. You got away from the threat. What we're going to do now is fill your brain up with this chemistry that's going to help you in the future to be able to handle that situation better. So first of all, reward drug, congratulations, you got away. Second, serotonin, which is the satisfaction neurotransmitter. Your life is amazing because you're actually alive. You could be dead and you didn't die, you're alive. So be really happy with your life. Be satisfied that you're alive. Endorphins are painkillers that help us get away from the threat and they're the happy drug that seem to keep pumping after we've exercised, after we've fought and flight. Now careful because it's not about exercise here. It's about getting puffed, lifting heavy, punching, kicking. It's the fight and flight system. We also produce this amazing product called Brain Drive Neurotropic Factor, which is, as I always share, like it's I repeat it over and over, but I get so excited about it and I'm wondering why nobody else seems to be as excited as me. Brain-derived neurotropic factor is fertilizer for your brain. Now, if you don't do any gardening, maybe that's why that's not exciting. But if, you, if your brain's just ticking along and you put fertilizer in there so that now everything grows better, grows faster, connects more appropriately, and you become a better person because you're growing faster, your brain works better. And there's two things that happen with BDNF. 
One is you get neuro, well, neuroplasticity, which happens every time we have to do something different, our brain changes. So if you've got a, a boring, average, normal life and your brain doesn't have to change, doesn't have to think differently, doesn't have to fight a threat, doesn't have to overcome a challenge, nothing changes inside your brain. It's not too much neuroplasticity going on. But if you put your body under threat or something threatens you or tries to kill you, your brain has to change. If you overcame that threat, your brain really changes because it goes, well, I didn't think you could get away from the threat. You did. Congratulations. Now you've got a new, a new brain, a new way of thinking, neuroplasticity. But even more exciting than that is neurogenesis, new brain cells, new ones, not old rotten ones that couldn't get away from the animal and you died or couldn't get away from the threat and it got you. New brain cells that next time you're under threat, you have a better brain to deal with the challenge. I hope that sounds really exciting because if you feel overwhelmed, if you're stressed, if you're struggling, if you feel depressed and the, uh, what the psychiatrists and, and psychologists do share with me, there's two reasons why people get depressed. You don't feel like you're in control of your life and I think that's... Uh, you know, what do I have to do about that? Somebody else is controlling my life. And the second one is I have no purpose. I have no reason to feel happy. I have no reason to get out of bed. So no purpose and I'm out of control. I now feel depressed. Well, if my purpose is to stay alive, if my purpose is to protect my family, if my body is under threat and it automatically goes, to, goes into fight and flight, I now get that whole brain chemistry change. And I, I share this with you with passion and enthusiasm because neuroplasticity means I think differently. Neurogenesis, I've dropped off the old brain cells. I've got now new brain cells with filled with BDNF, fertilizer. So not only do I have better connections, better thinking ability, better creativity, uh, I can overcome challenges and I can find solutions for next time, but my brain is now filled with happy drugs. I feel good, dopamine reward drug, serotonin satisfaction drug. So what's that got to do with anything? Well, I need to make a very clear connection here. If my body is under threat, all of that happens automatically. It doesn't happen at any other time except fight and flight. Fight and flight is I'm under stress, something's trying to kill me, I've got to get out of there. So my body produces, I'll say it again, epinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol, so I can. Endorphins are a painkiller, cortisol is an anti-inflammatory, so I can get the hell out of there. Then this beautiful thing happens, my brain fills up with happy drugs. Now, I'm not saying that lightheartedly. The neurotransmitters that make me feel good, make me feel rewarded, take the pain away and give me a better thinking brain are automatically produced when I've been through the fight and flight system. Now, here's where it's really exciting. Fight and flight is 100% effort. You don't run, a, run away from the, the animal jogging. You don't, someone's trying to kill you. You don't walk away from the situation. You sprint. It's a firing mechanism to stay alive. And I get really excited about that. Because if you want to get away from a threat, your body will produce everything you need. If you need to fight a threat, your body will produce everything that you need. If you put your own body under threat, it will produce anything that, everything that you need, anything that you need to survive and to get better after the experience. Now, the 100% effort system is the phosphate system. It's only 10 seconds. I'm going to say that again. We have three energy systems that the body, where the body draws energy from to do what we have to do. Phosphate, lactate, aerobic. The phosphate system is 10 seconds of intense activity, fast firing of the endocrine system, the central nervous system, the fast twitch muscle fibers, everything to get you the hell away from the thing that's trying to kill you. 
However, here's what's, for me, the most exciting. We can do that to ourselves. I'm going to say that again. In 10 seconds, if you put an intense effort into exercise, and I'm uh, careful with the word exercise, if you put an intense effort into anything and you get really puffed, so puffed that you can't breathe, or lift so heavy that you can't lift anymore, and you do that in 10 seconds, you have now turned your brain or clicked your brain into the fight and flight system. Without the threat, you've created the own threat. Because if you get puffed, you got sprinting really hard, your body says, oh my God, she's trying to run away from something, she must be under threat. If I lift something really heavy or punch really hard or, or jump really high, she must be under threat, we have, we've got to get her out of there. And then after I finish that 10 second bout of 100% intense activity, now my brain fills up with dopamine, serotonin, brain-derived neurotropic factor. So for next time, I can think more clearly, I think differently, I feel fantastic, I feel rewarded. I'm sharing this with... with uh, it, all, it almost makes me sad because it's so simple and we seem to have made it so complicated. If you don't feel good, I get that the last thing that you want to do is sprint for 10 seconds. But I'm going to say that again. It's not 10 minutes, it's not one hour, it's not even one minute. If you feel like crap, if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel stressed, if you feel unhappy, whatever it is that is negative going on inside your brain, you cannot go into a 10-second intense bout of activity where you put in 100% effort. It's physiologically impossible to come out of that bout of 10 seconds with the same brain because your chemistry changes. You actually can't control that. So in 10 seconds, you can go from I don't feel good to having a brain that says, wow, you got away from the threat. Let's fill her brain up with dopamine, your brain, my brain, everybody's brain. It's all the same. It's called physiology. Fill up the brain with dopamine, serotonin, brain-derived neurotopic factor, endorphins are the painkillers, and you will feel better in 10 seconds. There are drug interventions. There's meditation. There's laughing. There's hang out with great people. There's pat a puppy dog. There's go for a walk. There's pick up seashells on the seashore. But ultimately, if you want your brain to go from fight and flight to dopamine reward system, serotonin satisfaction, satisfaction system you can do that in 10 seconds it's not half an effort it's not plod jog it's not i'll do as much as i can and hope something works it's just 10 seconds of intense activity so this is where it becomes very interesting because people often share with me and as i share with you most days i get criticized for saying that you can be happy all the time but i'd like you to please consider how it's impossible to be unhappy when your brain is filled with the neurotransmitters that make your brain happy. This is called physiology. So if, you, if your brain automatically fills your brain up with dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, which is the, the love drug when you exercise at intense activity with people that you love or with your puppy dog, uh, endorphins, brain-derived neurotropic factor. When you fill your brain up with those neurochem uh, neurochemicals, you can't be unhappy. You can't be miserable. You can't be depressed. Now, this is very personal, but please don't think for one second that the world doesn't put shit on everybody. And I can't put it any other way. Yuck stuff happens to everybody. Now, whether that's you, you, you broke the heel on your shoe at the wrong time or you had a car accident or somebody died or somebody's got a terminal illness or the world's got a worldwide medical pandemic or all the horrible things that happen to everybody, we all have stress in our life. We all have a time when we feel under threat. We all have a time when we feel overwhelmed. 
We all have a time when we feel unhappy, even depressed. And the interesting thing is that everybody that shares that information with me, those words, I always ask, what does that mean to you? What does depressed mean? What does anxious mean? What does stressed mean? What do they mean to you? And everybody's got something different. But what isn't different is our brain chemistry. So what about this exciting news? And you can do the research yourself, please do. Please learn neurotransmission of the brain, what goes on in the neuroscience of the brain. Uh, And I think you can probably, as I shared before, go back to year nine or 10 biology. Fight and flight, body under stress, wants to survive, produces everything you need to get the hell out of there or to turn and fight. And then your brain fills up with happy chemicals to make you feel good. It does that. So why don't we try that first? And this is not medical advice. This is not, uh, uh, you should do this. This is just, please consider. Because when you look at the chemical changes that could happen in your brain, the warnings on the packet of the pharmaceutical drugs that are being dispensed for people who are unhappy and depressed and anxious and overwhelmed, when you actually look at the side effects of what those drugs can do to your brain, do to your physical body, and I ask this very important question, if I want to fix my mental health, do I want to screw up my physical health to fix my mental health? And what if it doesn't fix my mental health and then I've screwed up my physical health as well? That's a a process that as an exercise professional I've had to deal with every day because my clients, since I've been a personal exercise coach, have been predominantly people who have a poor relationship with themselves and that plays out in the way they treat themselves with their food and their exercise. So the exercise bulimics, I've had uh, food bulimics, anorexic people, morbidly obese people, people who harm themselves. I've had these as personal clients as a personal exercise coach. And I don't want that for anybody. I don't want that for our kids to even know that those diseases exist. But I know they exist. I've seen them in other people. And I don't. I would like to be a solution for that. I don't want people to suffer the side effects that come from the drugs that they are, are prescribed because they are unhappy. And those two reasons why people become unhappy, according to the psychologists and psychiatrists, which is lack of purpose and I feel like I'm out of control. So can I get a purpose in my life? Can I control my life? That's a whole different conversation. But what I can control is my brain chemistry. So I choose to sprint hard for 10 seconds and get really puffed. I can't go into that 10 seconds or come out of that 10 seconds the same way I went in because my brain chemistry will change and my ability to think differently, think clearly, think more creatively and to overcome my challenge will be better. What if we tried that first? Or what if we at least tried it? I understand, I'm going to share this again. It's probably not what you feel like doing when you feel angry or depressed. And I get that because there are plenty of days where I don't feel like sprinting. But because I know how good I'm going to feel after 10 seconds of puffing as hard as I possibly can, putting in 100% effort, it becomes an easy process. Am I addicted to 10 seconds of exercise high intense activity to change my brain of course because it's it's the same as a shot of cocaine or heroin or methamphetamine or or any kind of pharmaceutical or recreational drug i get a a rush of dopamine serotonin levels even out i get endorphins in my brain i get brain drive neurotropic factor i feel fantastic 
without all the horrible side effects. I feel happy without all the horrible side effects. And could that be an awesome place to start? Because life is going to throw shit at us. I can't put it any other way. Wouldn't it be good to be able to handle it without having to take drugs, without having to overeat, without having to get drunk, without having to gamble? Wouldn't that be awesome? I would love you to say every day, I'm happy and I know it because I am very happy. I'm happy and I know it because I'm healthy, fit and strong. I'm happy and I know it because I want to be healthy, fit and strong and I'm going to get puffed for 10 seconds to make sure that I am. Thank you for coming to Romax. My name's Rowie. The goal at Romax every single day is to make sure that you are healthy, fit and strong mentally and physically and you can stay that way for the rest of your life. Woohoo! I feel good, na 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 na, because I get puffed every day, many times throughout the day. <gasps> <sighs>